Yeah, just tell your mama, kid, bum, bum, bum. Tell us where you're going and been. Where you going and been, Chris? Uh, I'm I'm here, man. <laughs> so, Feels like it's been a month since we taped. Yeah, this I I know we always do like weekly, whatever, but like it always feels like some weeks feel like like a month has passed by. I don't know. Yeah, and we pre-taped last week. Though. Yeah. So that's probably why. Yeah, we did a little we, bit early. Um, so yeah. longer the days are, it's just you know. But you know, yeah. the years fly faster than these days somehow. So crazy I know, man, works. it's getting warm. It's getting nice out. Been liking that. Then it's fucking freezing your ass off when you go to work the morning. I hate that. Yeah, but and that's... then if you're me and live in Toronto, you get a nice snowstorm over the weekend. So, it, it oh yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a normal August day in Canada. <laughs> but that's what we get when we have a groundhog dying. We get screwed. <laughs> I I'm telling you, this that. is a curse, man. <laughs> oh, no early spring we're not gonna have spring till october when it's supposed to be you're fall. never getting another spring that's what that means <laughs> canada's <laughs> gonna be the way I warming, man. it's taking us all <laughs> <laughs> well folks we've got a great show for you today our song of the day is going to be mama ken the aerosmith cover from gnr i say live like a suicide the 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 uneducated might call it from lies but yes. it is from live like a suicide uh, however, before that, though, we've got a special guest that's going to be joining us today. We've got Second Circle. They're getting ready to release their first EP, I believe. And they're also going to be, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about some music. We're going to talk about all kinds of things in just a moment with these guys. But they're waiting on us, and I feel bad to keep them in the waiting room uh, while we continue to do this. So what say you, Chris? Shall we hit the intro and begin a thine show? Let's hit that intro, dude. Let's get the show on the road. It's another edition of Gunsy Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Second Circle, and man, this is going to be awesome because we've got a uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Because you guys are just getting started. Well, you're not just getting started. It's been eight years. Let's talk about that. How long have you guys been uh, a cohesive unit? With, with the four of us, it's been about eight, eight years since Kyle joined us. The three of us have been at it a little longer, and then Jason and I have been on it even longer than that since like 2009. Have you been? Uh, have you had any kind of other? Did you go by another name? Yeah, the this original um, band was called Blackjack Row, and then we changed it to Second Circle in 2020 when we were when we were kind of on hiatus and decided to come back together and start making music again. What's the Second Circle a reference to? So you've got uh, circles of friends, circles of. It could be anything from like musical interests, whatever. Uh, I feel that the name uh, is more of a musical thing that everything else in life is going to beat you down in some way, but you always got your second circle of music and you always go back to music. Uh, somebody can piss you off <laughs> and then you can go back to the music side that it's always there. Work, relationships, whatever else, whatever the First main thing is uh, music's not necessarily the second thing, but it is always there. 
That's a good explanation. That makes a lot of sense, actually. No, it is, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that. So before uh, we get too far into the end of the weeds, we want to tell everybody that if you go to the description of this podcast, you can click the link, head over to uh, the YouTube channel, and subscribe because you're going to get uh, a lot more content coming up. What's up there? What's up right now? We have a, a couple of live performances on there from the little bit we have gotten out there played um, live clips. We will have a lot more live, actually full song videos this year, and then more uh, – more guitar stuff, more drum beats, more vocal covers. Um, wow. likes to do a lot of acapella vocals. And um, hopefully this year we'll find some time to show off like some of our equipment, guitars and basses and stuff like that. Oh, that's nice. And then eventually we'll get our, our, you know, skidded out um, music videos up there that we've got to figure out. That'll be, uh, that'll be an interesting thing to get. Uh, but because that'll be fun to put together too when you make music videos because you get to get out and sometimes depending on what you do you get to work with another crew right and there's all kinds of talent like that in jefferson city i know like jet uh makes movies and i can't even think of his last name right now <laughs> but we have a, a a very not not oversaturated but a very saturated of different saturation of different um what's the word i'm looking for disciplines maybe like some people are into videos and movies and things like that but there's a lot of talent here in uh the jefferson city area where's your favorite place to play city wise or venue yeah, around here the venue oh columbia is always fun you guys play the well, blue note oh we haven't played the blue note we played rose a couple years ago we played rose a few times right if i had to pick a favorite it's probably rose musical I'd have to, I have to say Rose Music Hall because it's a sister site to the Blue Note, and that's where some of our artists that are kind of the next level or level or two above us play at Rose. So when you're on that stage, it's like, you know, so-and-so is played here, and I'm on that stage now, too. So and it's an intimate environment, too. Yeah, which would be the same feeling if we were to play the Blue Notes, where some of our idols and heroes have played on that same stage, mm -hmm. to where... We feel as though Music Hall is the stepping stone to get to a place like, not that right. other places aren't. It it just has that feel with it more with Rose. Do you have other certain bands that you like to work with more than others when it comes to uh, our local people? You want to give some shout outs to other folks also? One of them just dismantled themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to shout that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, that does there's happen. A band, there's a band out of Springfield called Boda. I believe, I think they're still going. We really meshed well with them. Kind of yeah. two different rock genres, but we meshed really well with them. Um, but up here in Columbia. The Grave has been a, a fun band to play with the few times that we played with them. They are popular. Yeah, they the are. styles mesh well, but I'm not like it wouldn't make sense for it to just be us and them. We need a couple other mm -hmm. bands that, that are a little bit more in the in-between what what rock we do and what metal they do. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe, cause I, you can't, you go everywhere. You see their merch. They've done a good job of, uh, of, uh, marketing, I guess, locally, because I see, I, I, I eventually had to ask somebody, I came here, um, back in 2018, 2017, 2018, something like that. I don't even remember now. And, I saw DeGrave shirts everywhere. I thought it was like a, a brand like um, 
uh, tap out or affliction. <laughs> and I didn't know. It doesn't say this is a band. Exactly so, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're very popular uh, up here, and I'm sure you guys. I hope you guys have a have a similar success there. What? Um, when do you guys expect to start getting out on the road or? Uh, getting out there and actually uh, playing live again. Well, hopefully as early as next month. Uh, we're, we're just, you got to kind of, after some of the places we've played have shut down the last couple of years, you've got to really look hard to find somebody's show. And that's what we're working on right now while we're trying to finish the CP up. Um, but hopefully next month we'll be playing in Columbia uh, at the Gold Bar. And then we're working on working with Rose Music Hall on a couple of things too. And Stickies. The Stickies right. Cabana, a little north of Columbia. So, what do you do as far as like your presentation when you're on stage? Like, what do you, what kind of. Uh... Well, I like to be Axel. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good, he's a good, uh, he's fun on there. I can do the wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that do you steal your dance moves from axel rose because oh no i don't steal anything i have my own flavor <laughs> I, I can i can do talk to the crowd it's very fun to watch i don't i don't have quite the cojones to do that but you know <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, just don't start any riots, please. <laughs> if you throw one more motherfucking rocket, <laughs> we will fuck off. <laughs> if you see somebody throwing shit, beat their fucking ass. That'd be great. I think we uh, we'll get one of them. We we try really hard when we're on stage to be as animated as possible. I think I think we all grew up on bands that that were good at doing that. That way you're you're not just watching somebody play a song, you're actually feeling the song and, and you you can you can feel the, the input being put into the performance. It's not just here's our next song and here's our next song. We're hoping you you're you you're at least hearing us. You know, we want to be seen too. Kind of the show to we grew up on bands that you know like Kiss and Zeppelin and Guns N' Roses and all that type of stuff that they knew how to present a show and apply the show, and you didn't forget it for a lot of months. Right, and I grew up as a performer, so I'm always in, in the theater, and I've always been comfortable on stage. So I really just I vibe off the crowd a lot. So it really depends on what they're given, what we give. You know? That's awesome. And you guys, uh, I saw I saw the kiss in the background. I was going to ask you, have you seen the? Have you guys been to the farewell tour? Not this girl. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I don't like that joke, but yeah, seriously. I mean, Jason and I went to the farewell tour in 2000 at Riverport. Oh, nice. I was 15 and he was 11. But uh, that was the last time we saw Kiss, yeah. What's your favorite lineup of Kiss? Uh, do you like the uh, the originals with Ace Freely and uh, Peter Chris, or do you prefer the current day? musicians with uh tommy and uh i forget the other guy's name chris could tell me yeah you said we've got an hour or so on the show (laughs) we got as long as you want to go go ahead i'll always prefer the original shoot your shit yeah the original line of where it's at but for professionalism once you get eric carr and bruce kulik in there you can't have 
as much drugs and alcohol to deal with <laughs> to where you, you got to deal with Eric Carr being ashamed of himself for not being the original and Bruce Hewitt's gas problems that Ace and Peter's problems are a lot worse than Eric's and Bruce's that I take that lineup, but <laughs> the feel of the original lineup. I see your point because of the, of who they are. That's one of my arguments with going to CG and R now, even though Axel's voice kind of sucks now. The my right. argument is it's 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 still him though, right? And you know you you don't hear it when you're there. But yeah. uh, let me ask you this though. I mean, I don't see the show, but with a chance of Axel just walking off the stage or something, it would be the right show to see. But twenty years later, you're not going to get the same show that you did '93. Would you be mad if you went to a show and it was one of those Axel got pissed off shows? Yeah. Man, I think I'm alone in that, Chris. Nobody, I think I'm the only one that ever goes and's like, man, can you imagine if we got one of those shows? How cool would that be? As long as I'm not one of the persons that he tells the crowd to kick their ass up. A bottle of water. Or wear a slash t-shirt. <laughs> well, the trick is, is uh, when he starts to spike the mic, it's time to head for the exit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab a yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still be cool to want to see the whole show, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but then see what you get is you get three-fourths of a show and a refund. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, and a cool story. And I drive, I drive a couple of hours for that. And that's kind of why I'm thinking St. Louis, but I'm like, mm, lightning don't strike the same place twice. I don't <laughs> think that's going yeah. you know, to happen. Uh, Nicole, you and I had a minute, we had a conversation. Uh, uh, we started to have a conversation earlier and I was like, now let's save this for the show. Cause I asked, what is your guys' favorite band? Yeah. And Let's see if we can recreate some of that conversation, some of the beginning of that talk. Well, I don't choose favorites in art. I don't think that you should choose favorites in art because art is ever growing and evolving and you're ever growing and evolving. Um, there's things that I'll listen to more so than others, but I don't have a favorite. And I do that with like everything. Do you have a favorite at the moment? Hmm. Because you can have a favorite at the moment that is interchangeable. Like I, my second favorite band changes constantly. <laughs> I I I listen to a lot of older stuff. I listen oh. to two different reasons, you know. Like I listen to um, like New Orleans funk one day, and then like new metal the next day, and then. Dixie Chicks the next day. Because <laughs> her voice. The voice in the lyrics for yeah. me. Well, what about the rest of you guys? What do you guys listen to? Uh, for me, like Nicole said, I <clears throat> really don't have a favorite either. I try to keep my options open on that. But uh, I'd have to say one I consistently go back to would be either uh, Black Sabbath and Pantera, or Pantera would probably be two of my favorites. Yeah, good, good choices for everybody so far. I haven't heard any bad ones. Even the Dixie Chicks. They've got, they've, they've, got a, 
Hey, there's just a certain it. there's a certain era with them. I've not heard any of their recent stuff. Uh, I I told you I listen to older stuff. <laughs> okay. I've not heard any of their recent stuff. I think were they just the chicks now or something they changed yeah. their yeah. I'd heard I'd heard just because like people were pissed bitching about it. I don't I, I don't care. Brian I love how they bitch about it. Nobody's <laughs> talked about that band in like what twenty years? And then they changed their name and everybody acts like it's the end of the damn world. Yep. Like <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> like if they would have said, "Hey guys, we're dropping new music," you had a shit on that anyway, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I internet man, internet people, I don't understand them. They love <laughs> us too, so, but but we don't get that either. They don't even love us, so <laughs> <laughs> they love Chris. They tolerate me. That's Sometimes they do. <laughs> if I'm not yeah. talking on entire states. Yeah. Well, what about you, Jason? Uh, I keep going back to Led Zeppelin to where if there had to be a favorite, it's got to be Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris spotted the Zeppelin influences in your uh, in your work earlier when we listened to Conundrum. Is that out there yet? That's on what we're finishing yeah. at the end is, of this month. Is it out like publicly? No, it isn't. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we what, listened what, to one of the, you guys. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a final mix. We have one more tweaking session here at the end of the month for all six songs, and then it'll get mastered, and then should be out pretty soon after that. Where are you recording it at? Skolska. Is that how you say it? Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Uh, Skolska Productions. I, I think it's I think it's Zulka Studios. It's in Columbia. Okay, I've seen a couple of places like that around here. Uh, even in Jeff, isn't there isn't there a studio in Jeff? Uh, I'm not sure. I um, think I think there are several. They're just they're here and there, and it's it's easier to record music nowadays, and they're they're all over the place. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, the Zeppelin thing, I Chris called that one. So yeah, good call, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Zeppelin. If it wasn't like if if Zeppelin wasn't in the top spot, then it'd be Kiss. And then after that, who knows? To where yeah. it, it, can, it can be a different answer every week. Right hey, you're right. You're definitely right. I I I can I can totally understand that because sometimes. I'll be listening to Def Leppard. I'm a big, and my friends hate me for it, but I'm a big Dropkick Murphys fan. So they're like, man, you're blaring that Irish shit again, you know. <laughs> it is what it is, man. You can't make a banjo work without a bagpipe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just how it is. What about, uh, what about punk rock? Did you guys ever uh, get in on I that scene? The Offspring. The offspring? Yeah. That's probably as much punk as I listen to, though. I don't even consider that punk. <laughs> Have you ever been the medium to, uh, from G. Allen? Not for the music, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a G.G. Allen concert one time and I had a pretty shitty time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Wait, didn't I have a thing for that? 
Yeah, there, we there we go. go. I I'm forget about it. those. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's like the third time Gigi Allen has come up in a conversation this week. <laughs> I was on the phone because they were talking about there's a punk. I heard on Shags and Trevor that there was a punk rock museum where any punk band, uh, if you apply, you're in. So I was like talking with some friends. It's like, dude, let's throw together a shitty song. Get it out there. It doesn't even have to be good. Like, in fact, if it's not, that's even better. Like, we'll throw together some incoherent garbage and bullshit. We'll put it out there. There you go. We'll apply. There you go. Hall and then and then uh I can put Hall of Famer on this little thing with my name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I didn't ask you, Chris, because it's not as cool if we're both Hall of Fame legends. You know what I'm saying? Why, why can't that be possible? Listen, I can do the guitar work. I'll just give you the four chords. That's it, uh, dude. If you it's it's punk, you don't have to do chords. <laughs> have you never so heard the chords? And the truth is a lie. Then <laughs> no, dude, not with punk. Have you listened to the germs, man? You can just make shit up and scream over it, and 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 that's punk. Sometimes. 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 Punk is one of those genres that's either really good, like Rancid or Offspring or, um, the Ramones. I don't know, Misfits. Like early Misfits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or it's just garbage. And I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like Gigi Allen, if you just take the, take the throwing a shit at people and, yeah, and trying to fight all those fans. <laughs> He's a lunatic. Well, I'll tell you, I actually saw the Murder Junkies open, I think, for Super Joint Ritual in 2004 at the Blue Note. Okay. And obviously it was without Gigi because he'd already died. And Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, I was, when I was watching that band, or no, it wasn't for Super Joint. It was, he was, they were opening for Hank Williams III. And... Uh, it was just another punk band. I mean, he had really crude lyrics and stuff, and I don't listen to him, but it, to me, it was just another punk band. Like, there was nothing really all that special about him. Besides that guy, well, their singer in the early 90s. Yeah, used to be, like who we used to be. Of course, I can't talk about bands, you know, just replacing every member and then going by the same name to draw tickets too much without being a hypocrite, because... Yeah, there was a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, the Blue Note is is one of my favorite venues to go to, and it's a great place. And I'm not shit talking them until you have to go to the bathroom, and then I would rather be anywhere else in the entire world. <laughs> I think I'd rather be in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they even have doors on the. Do they, they? Did they ever put the doors back in the men's room? Because when I went last time, they even took the front door off. Yeah. Nicole, tell us about the men's room. I think. I think I've. Yeah, Nicole, tell us about the men's room. Because the last time I sat the Blue Note using the bathroom, I was over there looking a woman right in the eye. <laughs> Is that the first time or the last time that you took a shit looking somebody in the eyes? <laughs> <laughs> it would not be the last. <laughs> Sometimes you have to establish dominance. 
<laughs> yeah, you didn't know about my G.G. Allen tribute band? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. You know, this is my argument. Because somebody tried to defend this man to me the other day. <laughs> I was like, look, listen, man. This is his last moments on earth. What did he do? He was playing a concert. He drops chow, takes a shit on the stage, rolls around in it, throws it at the audience, runs out into the street, and we never hear from him again. <laughs> he comes... What a legacy. <laughs> this is not the pillar of sanity here. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what to call that. If there's a name... For what was wrong with him, it is lost on me. Oh man! But uh, <laughs> let's talk some. Uh, let's talk some positives, though, man. Because like, I don't want to just shit on Gigi Allen the whole time. Because you know, he did better than himself. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about venues and things. Where's another good venue that you guys like to play at? Yeah, the last few years we've done some festival shows. So we're not we're not really at a venue. We're just kind of out on the land. But if I had to pick a venue, we were going down to Springfield quite a, quite a bit before we took a took a break and stuff. We were playing a place called Moon City Pub down there that was pretty cool. It had been there a long time. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, there's, there's a place in Springfield. I don't think it's called this anymore. It's called Toronto House now. It's really cool. I think it's called the Odyssey Ballroom now or something like that. And How that far out of Springfield? From, from Columbia, two and a half hours. That one, whenever we played in Springfield, we knew that was our like long travel weekend. Oh, yeah. Do you have a truck or like do you have to haul all the equipment? Uh, We've had various vehicles over the years. It usually takes at least two vehicles to get everything where we're going with what we have now. But then with the way that everybody, like if, if we all lived in the same place, then having the one vehicle with all the gear in that one spot would make sense. But mm -hmm. with the way that we all live in not too far away, but just different areas in general, like he's got an hour drive to get up here. Uh, and then... Their Holt Summit next to Jefferson City. I'm in Columbia. Uh, taking different vehicles to get to wherever we're going just makes more sense. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, do you? Uh, how do you rehearse with everybody being so far away? We just make the time and get together. Yeah. Right on. So it's like a, uh, it's like the, uh, the 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 guys' night, I guess, or I should say, for lack of a better word, when the kids aren't around. They just, just go uh, friends no, we, time. We, yeah. we usually meet here and, and just do it to it. Yeah. yeah. Fun times. Where do you guys uh now um so obviously this is not an apartment <laughs> complex. <No. laughs> <laughs> Although I have heard bands try to try to make that work before. <laughs> Luckily I mean, for that, I was a beat fan. We started we started in a basement like a lot of other bands. It's just we've just kind of upgraded over the years. It's technically a basement, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. 
technically one wall of this room is a basement. <laughs> okay. Trying to I'm trying to get an imagining. I'm trying to imagine the scene here. Well, you know a room, right? It's got four walls. <laughs> <laughs> um so what else uh what else is interesting here? I know uh Nicole, I've seen some of your stuff on uh recommended to me on social media where you're doing the the hula hoop thing. Yep. Which is very cool, by the way. You guys should check that out. Do you ever do you work that into part of the part of the show? Like there'll be a badass guitar solo. We light a hula hoop on fire. So we did some festivals with big stages and hula hoopers and other flow artists on stage. Um, did I get up? I think I feel like I got up during one of the instrumentals and hooped for a minute. But and then there's this one song that has a lot of instrumentals and if it's the right environment, we thought about bringing fire out. Definitely one of the music videos is going to incorporate okay. my movers and groovers. So do you ever have you ever gotten burned? Like how do you learn to do yeah. this? <laughs> I don't love I don't love playing with fire. I like non-fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's probably uh, probably the way to go. Yeah. We'll figure out a way to fake that one day. <laughs> I can do it. I just don't love it. You know, I don't spend enough time with fire to be comfortable with it. Yeah, I had a Chris. I may have told you this one time. My girlfriend, the one that was uh, the juggler, yeah, that did the fire, that did the mm -hmm. the the she would. I don't know if it was knives. I never could tell on the videos because honestly, I was like, please don't do this around me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've seen uh, I've seen like the, the festivals, though, we get a lot of Renaissance festivals and themed festivals uh, around here. Do you guys get asked to perform in some of those? Um, with the looping, I have, yes. Um, the bit with music, if you want to play at a festival, like a music festival, you got to get in pretty much as soon as their last year event ends. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, you got to know who you're going to. Um, and then you got to know if it's the right festival and if it's the crowd that's worth it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of festivals that people are just going to go to completely belligerate themselves and not pay any attention to our music. Oh, like, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. There was a venue in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> there was a venue in Jeff City that I always thought had the potential to be a great venue. I think it was like the bridge. And if they would have just taken those damn tables. Oh, you played the bridge? <clears throat> One time. Now, we played, no, we, we played the bridge three or four times before it closed. Yeah. And um, that band I talked about from Springfield, Boda, yeah. actually came up and did a gig with us there. And that's, that's how cool that place was. They drove all the way up there from Springfield to come and do it. Yeah. They, um, if, I think if they would have got rid of the damn tables. <laughs> and I'm serious. Because everybody, like, you would have the stage, and it had the potential, Chris, this place had the potential to be an amazing venue, because you had the stage, you had mm -hmm. a little bit of a dance floor, and then it was all table, so everybody just sat down the whole time. And, like, it completely, I saw JCDC there several times, uh, uh, Guns Ain't Roses, uh, th those that group of guys, I followed a lot of their uh, band. I think Old Soul Savage is another one that... Uh, 
those guys participate in and of course cherry pistols and every time you go it's like those damn chairs and everybody's sitting in the chairs and if you're if you're like me i like to stand up at a when i'm listening to music like even if it's a cover band i like to tell myself i'm at a concert because i've had a few myself and everybody sounds good (laughs) and (laughs) i like to stand up and be right in front of the stage and then it's just awkward when you're the only one up there and then, of course, some old lady will come up and try to dance with you or grab your butt or something like that. And... <laughs> yeah, I miss that place, too. That was the, last, was the last time we played there was in 2018, I think. And there was like a row of 10 people up standing like pretty close to us, just jamming out with us. It was really cool. Well, that's good. It. Yeah, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that because, like I said, man – and maybe it's because I'm I'm also I go to bed early, so I stay for the first set and then I leave. So maybe that maybe maybe the second sets would uh would get a little better as far as crowd participation. What's the toughest crowd you've played to? The one sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the the bar days before we, we advanced to like clubs and what you call a music venue. Well, we were doing more covers. Yeah. Uh, there'd be some that either our promotion wasn't enough or they're just a bar that has bands on occasion where they don't know how to promote. So we played a, either nobody or next to nobody or the people that were there just didn't care. Like those are the, I wouldn't call them the toughest crowds, just at There's, least the toughest show. It feels more like rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. So when you get booked at a when you get booked at a place like that, I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting some delay here. Let me I'm gonna so when you get um when you get booked at a place like that and you're playing those crowds and nobody's really participating, or let's say you go get booked at a show and nobody shows up, do you still play anyway? Oh yeah. 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 If we're paid to play, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's fair enough. Makes sense. <laughs> I know we like to play. We like to we like to put our energy out there, you know, and we like to do what we're doing. That's why we do it. So if we're and especially if we drove to go, I mean, we're going to we don't quit. We keep going. And like regardless, we give it our all. So yeah, ever, we always try the best show we possibly can. And it always is a great show. Do you ever try stuff new at these shows that you uh normally wouldn't risk or oh yeah uh the the band that adam and i had before this band was the first time that we we were doing the three and a half or four hour bar shows and we were doing a bunch of zeppelin covers it probably took up a fourth of the set and just to fill time we would do moby dick and we were playing to one person and i played my hands for the first time (laughs) right that would be a treat I've never practiced this. I I think I know how to do it, and I did it. It probably didn't sound that great, but <laughs> I did it. So now it's a, it's a thing that I actually practice, rehearse. Uh, I wouldn't say perfected or anything, because nobody can talk or get close to John Bonham in that, but I do a lot better now than I did that first time. But I still tried it, because if I, if I mess it up, then that one guy's there. Yeah, I've definitely said things to see how the crowd reacted. Of, of Jim's like Axel and Paul Stanley, his 
stage banter is pretty great. And I've said some, you know, I've tried to deliver some sarcastic, crude jokes to the wrong crowds before. <laughs> but I've also delivered them to the right crowds, so and that was fun too. Have you ever had a fight break out while you guys were on stage playing in the crowd? Yeah, with each other, no. Played some Versailles? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're playing at a little bar in Versailles several years ago. And I think we were like, you, back then it was on a four-hour gig, did three sets, and we were like halfway through the third set, so we are almost done anyway. And I think he was doing his drum solo, and I was kind of walking off stage to let him have his spot there and all of a sudden i see cop lights in the in the window and i'm like he's in the middle of his drum solo and i just walk over and i'm just like stop <laughs> there's something going on out here and it was actually a guy in a wheelchair trying to get somebody and we were just <laughs> there was the area where, where we played and then there's a, a second area that you have to take a step to get down into then a step to get up into so like there's no ramps i don't know how the guy got in but <laughs> but a guy in a wheelchair tried to take like 90 cents off the corner of the pool. That's <laughs> 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 right. But they're putting bets down on on the pool games and he took 90 cents. Well, I was <laughs> and then he made a speedy getaway in his hover round. <laughs> 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 That's about the only like fight I can think of though. I mean I've I've seen people arguing and stuff, but I don't think we've seen people fall out of their chairs and stuff like that. <laughs> That's about the only like fight related thing I can think of. We we played a private party for a Fourth of July show. This guy just he's he's in like a lawn seat and he just falls forward and then his ass is in the air for maybe a song or two. But nobody it's just what <laughs> <laughs> So are the private shows like weddings and stuff a little more insane than the uh can the crowd get a little more rowdy at those than they're either really rowdy or really boring. Right. Oh yeah. No in between. No, not for private shows. <laughs> not that we, we haven't done that many. Yeah, well. I mean that's 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 a that's a very viable source of income when you're a small band. I know all the bands up here. That's one of the that's one of the things. That's where a lot of their bread and butter comes from. Yeah, yeah. Is the uh, is the private shows and things like that. I know. Uh, I, the reason I ask is because, like, let's say you're in the middle of a song. Do you stop, or do you see it through? Like, see it through. But if there's mistakes, it's all right. <laughs> well, depends on how escalated the situation yeah. is. Like, because if the fight is only happening because we're playing the fight music, I want to keep going. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, two people are shoving each other. I'd rather just keep playing the song and see what happens. But then I guess they start fighting. <laughs> Have you ever got to watching somebody in the crowd and kind of started losing your place or something because something oh, so yeah. weird was like. <laughs> Yeah. Some weird <laughs> looks and things, and then I'm like, "Wait, did I just repeat that line?" Yes, but I sang it right, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, what's another? What's another good? What's another good road story? Do you guys have any that just involve you guys headed somewhere to go do something, and something funny happened? 
Well, we don't ever get lost or anything because GPS and all that, but we don't really have any any of those types of tales where, like, we went four hours the wrong way or whatever. <laughs> oh, <my God>. oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. The first time we played in Kansas City, we, we played at a place called the All-Star Bar, which we ended, we ended up playing there probably 10 times. It was a really cool place. Really good sound system. It was really loud. We felt like we'd taken the next step going to Kansas City. And I remember we we are usually the last band that plays just because of the type of show we put on. But we were trying to get our foot in the door in this place. So there was us and three other bands. And I think we played second. And uh, we could hear we were up there like doing our set. And it was just it felt so good to be playing in Kansas City. I was the birth of so much music there. We could hear the guy in the bathroom moaning really loud in between songs. Oh no! <laughs> oh, taking a really good set. opposite corners of the building, like they are far. But that same place, we went to open for a band called the Gypsy Bone, and uh, we had a different bass player at the time. So this is before Kyle joined, but he saw that. <laughs> <laughs> He was getting ready to start with us. I mean, he just kind of came to look and see how a lot of things were done. But this guy showed up. We're eating our burgers or whatever. And the guy that runs the headlining band showed up. He's sitting there carving stuff out of his guitar in a brand new finger strut. Trying to make it look, you know, road worn. And then his band didn't show up because he's a floozy or whatever. And he ended up asking uh, Jason, our bass player at the time, Zach, to be his rhythm section. And I think they played like three songs, and then some, some of them were all right. And then some guy like walked up and said, You suck. And <laughs> it was like, it was the craziest side after that. I don't know. So, not to, not to correct you or anything, we played two songs. We played one of his originals, which is standard 12 bar blues, good time of blues. And we played Little Wing for over 10 minutes. <laughs> but then, yeah. I just remember, I just remember at one point I went to the guy running the sound. I'm like, you gotta get them off out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think our bassist at the time was looking at me like, help. <laughs> <laughs> that dude was was out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we, here in a moment, we are going to check out our song of the day. Are you guys going to stick around and listen to some GNR with us? Sure. All right. Um, so uh, before we do that, is there is there anything else you guys want to say that where that we haven't covered that we can direct folks to? Well, they need to make sure and follow us on all the social media platforms to keep up with our newest dates and merchandise and content. All right, and links are in the description. We also want to tell you guys that uh, if you have not done so already, what you doing, man? Get them taxes done, man. Taxes suck. I hate talking about taxes, and the sooner y'all do y'all taxes, the sooner I can quit talking about it. So click the link in the description, try TurboTax, and uh, get your taxes done and all that good stuff. But our song of the day is going to be, you may have heard this before, Chris, and everybody else listening, especially if you're an Aerosmith fan, because our song of the day is an Aerosmith cover. Man, what is it with G and R and fucking covers, man? Like, you're doing well. 
they, they sometimes do. most yeah <laughs> sometimes i would say wichita lineman was not that great the seeker i don't mind yeah i think the seeker's good wichita lineman's not my favorite what's what was what was the one that we really shit on? was it black hole sun yeah that one was like I don't know if that was like a necessary song for Gina to cover. I get it. You want to pay tribute to a guy like Chris Cornell, who was a really uh, was a great talent in rock and music for sure. But I feel like I don't think Black Hole Sun works well with Gina. It's like I I don't know. I feel like it's like Axel's like again back in the nineties. He wants to like try and like you know hop on the grunge trend again, but he's like thirty years too late for that. Hmm. Yeah, so we've heard we've heard some doozies so far, but uh, I know I know this one is going to rock. We all know this is going to rock, but it's 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 the DNA of the show. We got to listen to it anyway and uh, give it a fair grade. So here we go, Mama Ken. Why don't we open with that? (laughs) (laughs) Remember when we had the uh, Chuck, the guy that could sound like Axel? Why didn't we have him go, this is a show about your mother? This is a podcast about your mother, baby. You're going to (laughs) die. One of the most iconic riffs, Hell in yeah. my opinion, in my humble opinion. Where did that crowd noise come from? Do you well, remember there was? It was probably overdubbed. I think a lot of like sort of like live elements, especially in this time, like in the seventies and eighties rock, when they do like a live album. I don't. A lot of it definitely was not recorded live. They just recorded in the studio, and then would put like a crowd overdub just sort of on top of it in the mix. But you remember a few years ago, somebody. Uh... Somebody found the crowd noise for GNR Live Like a Suicide. I do not recall that. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Let's play some more of the song and I'm gonna look yeah. that up real quick. Yeah. We have to have a mandatory pause so that we can still say that this is uh, uh, within the uh, fair use. Yeah. (laughs) 
Chris, why don't you tell us? Uh, actually, if you would like, I have. Uh, I never found that, but I did find a. Uh, I did find uh, the uh, the Wikipedia on live like a suicide. Would you like me to uh, to read some of that and let's see if uh, you learn something new here? Yeah, definitely. Because I don't know that much about live like a suicide. I know it's like a very like very early release, and then basically to combat sort of the overpriced sales of that, Junior Lies was invented for that reason. Yeah. So it says here that the the four songs are taken from the band's demo tapes. Two are cover versions. There was another cover. What was the other cover on here? Oh, it was Mama Ken. It's Life is a cover, isn't it? Some punk band, late 70s. Reckless Life, I thought, was... Um, no, that's Hollywood Rose. Rose. And they just nice Boys. Yeah, there we go. Nice Boys. boys. Yeah, Nice Boys by Rose Tattoo. That's it, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, they came from their demos that they had recorded sooner. This this came out in 86. It predates Appetite by... About a year? Uh, we don't have an exact date, but about a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very hard album to find. I know that's why you don't see it on display in my house. Is because it's I've got this one locked up. <laughs> I wanted to, to keep this one preserved. Somebody... Something happens and the rest of this shit burns. I want my my live like a suicide to be in its fireproof container. Uh, is that weird of me? I don't know. No, not at all. What about you guys? Do you guys have a? Uh, do you guys collect any kind of uh, uh, merch from other bands? Yeah, but it's mostly on display or specifically for decoration. No. Yeah. I mean, isn't that about what records are now? Darts? That's a dart board. It's kind of there for decoration. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is wicked. <laughs> oh, that is cool. Do they try to make like the, the darts look like guitars or something? <laughs> no, it just says this. Right on. And that cost $1,000 because it has kids on it. It's probably the same age as me. <laughs> oh wow! Well, I see. Uh, we've got. I see that you've got your retirement plan there on the wall there. So <laughs> his merch is so stupid expensive. Yeah, I wonder if it, I wonder if we could find somebody someday and get them on the show that's going to be buried in a kiss coffin. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Why'd you do this? Hey, <laughs> I, I, I got a buddy that was buried in a Pittsburgh Steelers coffin. So. Fandom is crazy. Uh, you take it to the grave, I guess. Hey, I didn't I I didn't know about this when he was alive to say, hey man, what you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the time I found out, it was a it was a, not an appropriate time to go, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the family would not have appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hit play. I said I was. Why didn't it play? Come on.
So I'm trying to avoid talking about GNR lies too much because uh, we'll have plenty of time for that when we get to I Used to Love Her. And uh, unfortunately, that one song that we're both dreading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, covering off of this record but i couldn't help but notice uh now we know the the gnr lies this is the second cover because like appetite the first cover got recalled because it was offensive and uh rightfully so i guess but at the same time they've released this one and i'm noticing the headline elephant gives birth to a midget and i wonder (laughs) if we're gonna see another recall in 2023 (laughs) Course later, what they would replace? Have they made any attempt to edit that on recent re-releases? Or I don't think so. I think the latest re-release of Lies is when they did the whole uh, remaster of Appetite. They basically remastered Lies as well, save for you know one in a million. Well, yeah, thank God. Yeah, what a stupid song. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> this is the point of the show, kids, where our friend Chris Caputo is going to read in his very attractive, sexy voice, most sexiest, <laughs> most sexual of voices, some of these <laughs> lyrics, especially, uh, you know, with the subject matter of mothers going on here. Yeah. Uh, Chris. We should have saved this for Mother's Day, damn it. <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't think of that. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> like, wait a minute, the song's about mothers. Shit, we're about a couple <laughs> months away from that. <laughs> oh, shit, when oh, well. is Mother's Day? Usually sometime in May, mid-May always. Oh, oh, good. I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Don't forget. worry. Just check your calendar on your phone. It'll tell you. No, I've got an alert. I've got oh, a Mother's Day and a Father's better. Day You're alert. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Give me at least a week to prepare. It's yeah, a good uh, song right there. But uh, all right, Chris, let's let's read some of these lyrics and see if we can't put together a story that uh, is being told in this song. All right. So... It ain't easy, living like a gypsy, telling you, honey, how it feels. I've been dreaming, floating downstream, and losing touch with all that's real. Whole lot of lover, keeping undercover, never knowing never knowing where you've been, oh yeah. You've been fading, always up parading, keep in touch with Mama Kin. You always got your tail on the wag, spitting fire from your mouth just like a dragon. You act like a perpetual drag. You better check it out, because someday soon... You're going to climb back on the wagon. So it's about being a, like a drug. So it's about drugs, obviously. Yeah. And it sounds like he's a hippie. Yeah. Uh, they both are. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So where's his mama come into play? Um, I think it comes later in the choruses or something, I believe. Well, hang on. There's an annotation. I have to here, start at the beginning. Oh. Oh, what? Oh, I thought you were reading something. No, no. This, sorry, I was reading this annotation here. This has nothing to do with it, though. Never mind. Wow. Scratch that. <laughs> no shit. No shit. No worries. Of course, Mama Ken being an Aerosmith cover on Shotcast Saturday, we listened to the other half of this, Train Kept a Rolling, uh, from, I don't remember what year we said that yeah, was. Yeah, it was for the, the Paris show they did live on pay-per-view in 1992. Yeah, have you guys had any? Uh, have you guys ever seen Aerosmith or had any experience with their music or anything like that? No, I never got to see them. Uh, we used to cover Dream On a lot of years ago, but no, never oh, seen them. Some train kept rolling. Yeah, we trained, yeah. did something else. I thought we did train kept a rolling. Yeah, we we more followed the Yardbirds version of that. Though. What would what about? Uh, 
with some of the other bands you've covered in the technic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The techniques that you have to apply in which to get the Aerosmith out uh, to get that sound and stuff like that. How different is that from other band from other songs that you play? Remod cover. Yeah. Um, that one was unique in its own way in, in the approach we had to take with, with just one guitar. And it was the whole vibe of that song was just a lot different than anything else we played. I think because it's such an iconic song from that era of rock. That's that's really the only way it was different. We didn't really have to learn it differently or anything like that. But we knew we were covering something that had its own life, though. Certainly. All right, Chris, let's hit play. And uh, I think we got a guitar solo coming up. Yeah, I believe so. All right, my favorite part of the show. Hell yeah. Man, I fucking love Slash, man. <laughs> I just love Slash. Oh, yeah. How, how can you not love Slash? Man, like, even right now, listening to this song, there's always something little I never notice. And almost every time we do this, there'll be something I didn't notice before. And it's like, giving me chills. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. I can feel it. I did find a, a fun little songfacts.com. Mama Ken and Steven Tyler's. Means remembering desires that drive you to excel. Oh. Like uh, Chris Caputo's mother, that uh, driving force here. Uh, each and every week, I think about and, and and you listening at home. I think about your mother, and I'm like, I just want to perform excellently, so I remain attractive in this woman's eyes as I already am today. Uh, That's how you put but, it. Sure. Okay, we are full of. <laughs> I've ne I don't have no idea what your mom even looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you may never know. That's funny because one of these days she's gonna 
<laughs> she's gonna get a hold of these. Yeah. We're on what yeah, episode okay. is this? Two hundred and we're we're two hundred plus now. So what is this? Two hundred every week at this point. Yeah, we don't remember. It's two hundred and something. And yeah. and every week I've made this joke. So someday your mother is gonna like Chris will be moved out. He'll go to college, and then Mama Caputo is gonna be like, "I miss my boy. I want to hear his voice again. Let's turn on this podcast. Who's this hick sounding redneck keeps talking about wanting to have sex with Chris's mother?" <laughs> <laughs> Every episode is just like this. And then the Canadian mafia will come after me and politely ask me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this is the part of the show where we grade the song that we just heard on a scale of one to five. Uh, Second Circle, since you are our guest, we're going to let you guys go first in whatever order you want. Tell us what you think about this song. Give us any thoughts that you have on it. Feel free to take as much time as you like and wrap it up with a uh, one uh, from a scale of nothing to five. What would you give this song? I have thoughts. All right. <clears throat> I was listening to it before. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a review of a song before, so I, I really want to know the song. Not that I did before, but Listen to it a couple times on the way here. A very well-miked bass drum is what I caught out of the way. Oh, yeah. Like it's actually live, like we were talking about before. It was mentioned before that it's in the studio with the audience over and all that. Uh, it just sounds like good Guns N' Roses. Like Axel sounds like Prime Axel where he hasn't. He doesn't have the three cigarettes and the second glass of wine in his hand or whatever. And, uh, the, the the band sounds like you would want them to. And Axel's not about to stop off the stage. It's just <laughs> ah, the good old days. Yeah. For me, I would put that as close to a five as I can get it. If it had to be like 4.8 or something, yeah, sure. Because it, it, not that it sounds sloppy, it, it still sounds live. Like they're having a good time running back and forth or all over the stage and all that to where it's not like you're playing it as perfectly as you can in the studio to where it would be that fine. But it sounds raw and live, and I like it. The imperfections add to the... Uh... <clears throat> I can see that. Yeah. Um, I definitely hear how influenced they are by that genre of you know, song. Um, am I rating it as a song in general or as a Guns N' Roses song? Uh, that's a million dollar question. I, I mean, as, as a song in general, since, since you have such a variety, what what which one of those speaks the most to you? I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it for Guns N' Roses, and I would say it is nowhere near my favorite Guns N' Roses song. So we're gonna say three point five. Fair enough. Right. That's very fair. I'm going to give it a five, and I'll tell you why. Kind of what Jason was saying about rawness and imperfection is that's what made bands like Aerosmith so good. And when Guns N' Roses covered something, whether it's that or Train Kept a Rollin' or A Whole Lot of Rosie, they, you could tell they were really excited to play those songs. Aerosmith, in their own right, 
to me, for the American side of the 70s rock, they were better than everybody, the Sticks and the Journeys and the Aria Speedwagons because they were more influenced by what Zeppelin and Purple and all of them were influenced by, which was 50s and 60s blues. Mama Kim's a perfect example of those blue shuffles and everything in those riffs. That was rawness in it, in perfection right there. So with, when you have Guns N' Roses get a hold of it, they play the shit out of a cover song, whether it's that or Live and Let Die. They, they could, it always sounded like Guns still. So I'm going to give it a five for all that reason. All right, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's uh, Guns N' Roses covering Aerosmith. Uh, not much to say about it. I'd probably <laughs> give it a four. All right. Well, there we go. So, I mean, we've got some uh, varying opinions across the board here so far. What do you think, Chris? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go next here. Um, I, I feel a lot of the points that I was going to say already been touched on, you know, this raw sound, um, this very much early uh, on the rise, these like uh, hungry, more hungrier, I guess, GNR uh, band. Um, and it really does show like in the recording and even through through the performance as well. Um it is very much that early GNR sound. A lot of people do prefer more of that early, uh, more appetite era sort of GNR sound, the up and comers sort of, and I don't know, and then they all they just exploded by the end of the eighties and to the nineties as well. But it's always nice to hear like that kind of that raw sound. It's it's the sound of like a you know, a band about to uh, break out and be the next big thing. It's really cool to hear, um, especially because like you can act you can really hear like like GNR appreciates Aerosmith and the influence that they've had on their songwriting as well. Um, it is definitely one of their better, more like covers that they've actually released, um, not including the ones that they've only done for live performances and stuff like that. Um, is it on the level of like Live and Let Die in Heaven's Door? For me, it's close. I'd say it's like top top three of like GNR covering other artists. Um, so for that, I'm going to go four and a half out of five. All right. <clears throat> I want to say before I begin my uh, my final thoughts on the song that I was able to find the crowd noise and where I heard that from. It turns out I didn't read it on the internet, but I did read it in Duff McKagan's book, uh, It's So Easy and Other Lies. So, you know, I just forgot where it came from. But the crowd noise from Live Like a Suicide is from a 1970s rock festival called Texas Jam. Ah. So, last where's that? played too in 77 78 i'm sorry what'd you say i said aerosmith headlined texas jam in 77 and 78 so maybe it came from that maybe like those are oh that's a good thought because like the uh the crowd reactions for the song mama ken if they use that inside their recording of it i don't know though i don't know mm. that would be interesting I don't know though. You're stealing somebody else's somebody else's crowds uh, and covering their song. <laughs> We're taking it all, damn it. Pretty punk. I think it's Aerosmith Rocks, which is where uh, I think it's the song Kings and Queens. There's like a fake uh, crowd noise in the introduction of that. Could be the same thing. I don't know. Could be. That'll be something to look into. And uh, I'm sure if I don't find the answer before the end of the day, somebody over on our Discord will uh, will uh, let me know. So thank you guys for that. You always let me know when I fuck up. So uh, <laughs> either of us, you know, appreciate it. Yeah. 
But as far as this song goes, I mean, Mama Ken is definitely one of my one of my favorite tracks off of this album. It, well, this EP. I hate to call it an album. It's an EP. Um, but you didn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of competition on it either. So I think I too am going to fall into that higher threes. I'll do a three point seven five uh, because. One of the things I really like about the track is that it's uh, you can hear Duff's bass very well. It's very well mixed. And for something, and like, that's that's important to me because a lot of times the bass will get trampled on or it'll get, uh, it'll get so far in the mix that unless you're, like if I'm on my shitty little headphones, I won't even hear it. I have to be in the car where the good speakers are to be, <laughs> to be able to, uh, to hear any of that. But as far as everything goes and how often I come back to this, I do come, I do find myself, you know, riding down the road. I want to listen to GNR. I may not throw on Mom McKinn at first, but if I'm, if I stay in that mood for long enough on a road trip, which is kind of my measuring stick, uh, Mom McKinn will come up uh, after I've played all the shit that I, I, I knew I wanted to play when I thought in the very beginning that I wanted to listen to GNR. And then if I want to continue that, then I'll pull in Mama Ken. But second circle, we want to thank you guys for being here with us today. We want to thank you. We hope uh, you guys have a lot of success when your EP releases. We'll be looking for it, and we'll be uh, sharing it on uh, on our social medias as well. Hope you guys uh, hope spread the word as much as we can, and we look forward to seeing you guys in the future. Yes, thank right you for having us. Well, definitely. And uh, maybe you guys come back afterward and, uh, you know, let us know how it went. All right. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Have us back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This has been great. But next week, this is the part of the show where we normally spin the wheel and we get a random song uh, thrown to us. But is this the first time we've ever not done anything GNR at all in an episode next week? I believe so, yeah. Because even in our like, um, even when we do like best ofs and stuff, it still is very junior related because it's just stuff from past episodes. But I believe this is the first time that you know, no song review. We're gonna be doing something a little bit different. Um, I'll let you explain that, Dustin. Yeah, you're definitely gonna want to tune in next Monday because I know I'm really excited about this, and I think you should be too. Because next week, Guns and Radio presents an evening with Joan Red. From their exciting rise in the late 2000s to the tragic and out-of-nowhere death of their lead singer Anthony Basserto back in 2011, the story of Joan Red is just as powerful as the songs that we all fell in love with. And for the first time ever, that story will be told by the people who lived it, not to mention everything that's happened ever since. In late January, it was announced that the band would be returning for the Memphis Family Reunion event on March 22nd. And the amount of response that the band has had from just pre-sales alone really drives home the point that the spirit of Joan Red is alive and well. But we're going to be talking about what led up to this Memphis event. We're going to be talking about everything that's happened since then. Plus, we're going to talk about much, much more. We're even going to talk about what lies in the future for Joan Red and the guys that performed the music. So we've got a lot of things we're going to discuss. 
And I know as a fan of Joan Red, it's really hard to find any interviews or information documented anywhere out there. So hopefully we'll be doing our part to take care of that and get this story out there so anybody that wants to hear it can hear it. Even if you've never heard of Joan Red before and you don't know anything about this music, one, you're going to want to check out the music. The, the album is called The Side Effects of You. You're going to want to go check that out, and you're going to want to tune in because I promise you, if you don't get anything else out of this, the, the, the story that you're going to hear and the, the story of the band and the passion that they had for the music and everything, it's, it's an incredible story. And it's an incredible band. I guarantee that if you listen to the music, and especially if you're a fan of early 2000s rock, you're going to really enjoy Joan Red. As a matter of fact, let's let this keep on playing, and we're going to go ahead and sign the show off with that note. So until next time, on behalf of my good friend Chris Caputo, we want to say thank you to Second Circle for being on the show. I'm Dustin Bones, and we'll see you next time. Oh,